Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's, let's see, Thursday afternoon. And uh, we're going to do the Haftorah, if that's what's left for this week. The Haftorah today is being sponsored by Arnie Heather Elbam, by the Elbam family, I'd say, because tonight Ari's doing a, a seum on a bit of Zara for, uh, in memory of the yard site of his great grandfather, actually, who died over 60, almost 60 years ago. Let me see it. Rabbi Yitzhak Yehuda ben Yaakov Kabbal. And I asked him to give me some information because he and I did a lot of uh, reading and translating of this person's uh, Yiddish writings, actually. Born in 1889 in Frampol, which is in Lublin, Gabernia in Poland. He ended up going to Yeshiva at a young age in Krakow, married the daughter of a shochet. Notice, back in the old country, Gosmicha Big Lomden came to America in 1920 to take a position as a Rav with the goal of bringing over his wife and children to Krakow. It wasn't easy to be a rabbi in America in 1920. Harry got a bad heart condition, which prevented him from working, so he spent most of his time learning and writing. That's what we saw. You know, he, he was um, in, uh, in Brooklyn, as you'll see. Uh, he knows he knew how to learn. He brought his family, joined him in America seven years later in 1927 when he became a citizen. Isn't that crazy? Your family's away from you seven years? That's nuts. He settled with his family in Bensonhurst. We he helped start a shtibble called Anshe Sparta Bensonhurst. He gave a shir there. He had a closeness, many of the Rabbanim in Brooklyn area. And he wrote a lot of poems for the Yiddish papers, newspapers. This is the uh, style of the intellectuals of yesteryear. But was weighed down mostly by bad heart for most of his life. He died in his sleep in 1962. And many of the Gedolim at that time in New York attended Leviah. So you see, it was Adam Gadol. Very, very interesting. And he wrote po- many poems, including the following one, Ari, sending me, which... I think he and I translated some time ago, unless he did himself. He learned a little bit of Yiddish there. And and the long and the poem ends on a note about raising children where it says, Guard your young flowers and make them grow. Pay due attention that these delicate flowers should not, God forbid, wither. A Jewish education should always give your sons and daughters. This is somebody writing long ago. Teach them about Jewish traditions should never be a subject of mockery and laughter. You should always set a personal example. Teach them by example that a Jew should all time at all times goes to shul. For tzedakah and chesed, don't hold yourself back. The more you give, the more you get. It's all from Yiddish. Keeping Shabbos and, and keeping kosher is the foundation. God showed his people, it's not so hard to keep these things. You simply need to have the will to try. You have nothing to lose in the country. You'll <coughs> receive a great profit. Uh, this is, bespeaks, you know, the America of yesteryear. You know, not the, the, the from world of today, but when parents and grandparents were afraid of their children not staying on the right path. Well, anyway... It's really, in the Sham Shabalian, especially, he's doing a, uh, you have a great grandson who's doing a uh, seam on the Marvodas Arp. That says it all. That says it all. Now, let's take a look at Parshish B'chukosai, the Aftorba here, which is very difficult, very weird, because it's from Yermia, but it's all submished, in my opinion, and um, which is all I ever say. And it's like the worst example 
Hagazim, when it comes to Avtaras, are problems that I mentioned from time to time, which is, it leaves out the, the, the preceding part and the following part, and it only takes snatches from within, and those themselves are kind of um, <clears throat> uh, sketchy, and here, you have what you call Yermio 16 and Yermio 17. Our Haftorah is a piece of the first and a piece of the second. But it doesn't include the early parts. But the early parts don't necessarily make any sense together with the parts that are in Haftorah today. This is a, a uh, Haftorah that is very disjointed in terms of the regular editing. So there's a reason for it, obviously. But, you know, for a regular reader such as myself, and I've had this problem with Yermio 16, 17 for a long time. It doesn't 100% make sense. But let's take a look. This is the part that they left out. That in the beginning of Tezayim, because our, our Parsha only picks up, our Haftar picks up only at the 19th verse of, of, of Parsha Tezayim. It's, You ain't going to get married. So this sounds like this is a, a Nevoah told to young Jeremiah early in his career. He's not married yet. In those days, people were, got married young, as you can imagine. Plus, he's a coin. And Hashem is saying, guess what? You're going to live in disastrous times. Because I can tell you a, a prophecy of doom for all those who live over here, the, the women, the men, the, the mothers, and so forth. They all die from a plague. They'll die right and left, and they'll be like food for the buzzards. This is a nice picker-upper over here, right? And you can understand why this was not included by the Chazal, in the part they want to read with the public in, in Haftorah. Um, <clears throat> Don't go to any parties or anything like this because it's going to be mass death. There'll be so many deaths, there won't be any time for funerals. That's pain and things like this. It's a little bit, it's not the same thing, but it's a tiny bit like we saw last year with the corona, you know, or two years ago, whatever it was when there wasn't room, there wasn't time to do funerals. Remember, I'll just say one word, the morgue in Lakewood, the morgue in Bar Park. You know, it was overcrowded with bodies. So that's what he's talking about over here. There'll be so many, lo cover, lo yisoftu, people mourn, and so on and so forth. Base mishal, lo sabla, shevasham, there'll be no parties. Kikom rasham, lo yisrael, hinni majbiz men amokamazeh, this is the preceding verses. Majbiz men amokamazeh, so we have a din called Tashbisu on Pesach. Here, God is telling Yermia, I'm going to do a Tashbisu on Kol Sosim, Kol Simcha, Kol Chosim, This is pretty depressing, right? Now, here's the interesting part. You, the prophet Jeremiah, who are young, uh, you're going to give this prophecy and people are going to question it. They'll say, we thought we're fine. What What is the cause of this doom that you're pre- pre- predicting? This would be part a good part in Haftorah, in my opinion. You see the parallel they're doing because of the Tochah. Since because of the Tochah, so you have something that's a little bit like the Tochah. But it's a little bit better in the sense that here there's a dialogue, at least, where in Parsha B'chukos, Hashem said, this is what's going to happen. And shut up, this is the way it's going to go. And you don't say the B'nai Israel talking back to Moshe, saying, hey, what about this, that, and the other? But in our Haftorah, well, in the verses preceding our Haftorah, so if you're really serious about paying attention to Haftorah this week, uh, you can't help it, but um, you got to get a, a Tanakh, a Nach, and get your Mio. You got to look it up. 
People say, what, look, look what they say. Why is Hashem saying such bad things? What sins do we do? This is always the way it is. People are self-righteous instead of self-critical. And they always say, what do we do so bad? Your forefathers abandoned me. So your parents, your forefathers, uh, went off the derech. Now, you might say like this, so what's that got to do with me? And you're worse. You, you, this generation is even worse. You're just willfully going not to listen. So, in other words, the first generation sort of like guiltily and under temptation went for other gods. You guys are just for the heck of it. You understand? Just for the heck of it. You say, um, There's no feel like listening to Hashem. I don't want to say anything, but a lot of people like that. Now, um, so look at the important part they're leaving out before you get to our Haftorah. Now, and therefore, bad days are coming. I shall... Oh, so here's what I want to tell you. Here it is. This is like a Bible critic, since we're talking about Hoffman. Now we're going to read a puzzle that makes no sense. It's like completely out of character. Is a positive Pusik, Tupsukim, which is often quoted. But it's in the middle of blasting the Jews. Huh? Therefore, time is coming. Final Geula, when it'll even be bigger than Geula's Mitzrayim. They won't say, oh, Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt. That's nothing compared to when he takes them out in the and the other areas they redeemed them from. Wait a minute, you were just in the middle of a rant. You were just telling people how they're even worse than their forefathers. Everybody's going off the derech big time. I mean, big time. And then all of a sudden you shift. Now, I can tell you right now, I knew it. I pulled out my rusty, trusty shalag, which is the old thing I have for my father. It's a pure epicard, <laughs> but he's very good. Very good. And he'll say, you know, this is uh, out of order. This verse should be in chapter 23, which doesn't make sense. The only problem is it isn't. You see? So I look Rashi and the other thing. Uh, they don't say anything. You know, there's a Gemara about this, you know, that they can see since Ram will not be forgotten. It just won't be the Iker, blah, blah, blah. But the best one, I, uh, the best thing I can think of is the, bar, is the what do you call Malbim, who seems to go along the Mahalach or saying that since you're so wicked, when the final Gula comes, it's going to be a bigger miracle than Egypt. Because in Egypt, they were 49 levels of Tumor, and you're like worse or something like something like that. And so, you know, that's a very spiritual way of looking at things. That Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt, even though they, so to speak, didn't deserve it by their conduct. And when the final gula happens, it's going to be even a bigger miracle because they really won't deserve it. Which sounds like the final gula will be in a time not to be preceded by a wave of repentance, but that it'll happen anyway. And he goes on to say, I'm going to send fishermen and they'll fish you out of the places. So you can either... If you don't play Bible critics, and then what you're saying is that uh, when the time comes for the final gula, we'll take out all the Jews like a fisherman pulls out fish. 
But then he switches back. He said, I will punish the heck out of you. But she lamti Roshonah Mishnah Avonam. I will pay off the double of the mission for their sins. Because they fill their Israel full of idols and stuff like that. And then, out of nowhere, this Pasigit test, which really should be the beginning of the following parak, and you know how that works. This is a Christian uh, organization, this, these Prakim. Here, really, is an example where they screwed up. Uh, now comes, uh, how should I put it, like a sort of a poem of praise, but yes and no. This Again, I find this very confusing. Uh, not only me, but people find it very confusing. Anybody reads this and it's not confused, means they didn't, didn't read the Parsha. Uh, Hashem Uzim, this is the beginning of our Parsha, of our Haftorah. Hashem Uzim Uzim Menosim Yom God is my fortress. Right? And the guy will come from all over the world. The guy will recognize that there's only one God. The guy. After all, why should some make a God if it's not really God? So therefore, he says, I'll, I'll make them know what the truth is. But then the chapter ends. Now that makes no sense whatsoever. As I say, this is a place where the Christians. Mom was screwed up. It continues in what we call generally um, Parsha Yuzayim. But as I said before, the Parshas are from the Gaim. Here it doesn't work. So what it sounds like is like this. When the final, a time will come when the nations of the world will recognize the truth. But I'm not sure about the Jews. The sin of Judah is cut in with, a, uh, with an eight bars with an iron pen, meaning it can't be erased so easily. I mean, they made idols everywhere. Right? All over the country are full of Avodah So, I mean, we're shifting back and forth. First you tell me to be glorious in the future. Then tell me bad. Now he's flipping back to Chatas Yehuda, which is talk. And by the way, it's Yehuda and not Yisrael. So, and Yisrael is already gone, the ten tribes. Then he gets back to you'll be, you'll go like the Tocha says into Gaisha countries and have to serve them over there, right? And then it's it's and anybody who doesn't trust in Hashem will be cursed. He'll be like a little uh, bush in the desert that doesn't have any and a chance of survival. On the other hand, blessed be the one who's trusts Hashem. That'll be like a, a tree, not in the middle of the desert, but in the middle of a palgemaim. Fine, okay, but what's the point over here? It's it's that's what I mean when I say it's disjunctive. Now, when you read these nevuas, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're in chronological order. That's an important point. As I said a few minutes ago, when you look at the beginning of the Parsha Tezayin, and he says, you're never going to get married, it sounds like he's talking to an unmarried prophet, Jeremiah. Sounds like it, which means it was really early in life. But that doesn't mean when he's saying over here, Chathas Yudiksu Beit Barzel, and so forth, he's talking about early life. Maybe he was, maybe not. So I'll tell you what makes things confusing. And... Not re- in my opinion. That's all I ever had. 
it doesn't really um, help too much, but in my opinion, the problem goes as follows. <clears throat> Yermio, I believe, started um, in the time of Yoshioho. Isn't that what it says in the first? Uh, and he was in the time of Yehoyakim, and so forth. But that doesn't work out because we have other. Uh, yeah, Rashi says, "But he know we call you me Yoshio on the sun. We may Yehoyakim beno." So, in other words, if you want to know the timeline, ah, uh, here it is. I'm sorry. It's the very beginning of the book. He started prophesying in the 13th year of, um, of what do you call it? Of Yoshio. Now, what kind of a time is that? That's the time when you had a king who was trying to turn things around. And it was working to some degree, but not really. We all know that Yoshio gave it the, the, the old school tribe, tried to get rid of all the Avodah did his best, tried to break the old habits, did his best, eh, but it didn't really work. The people are still messed over, the Tanakh says from, from Menashe, it didn't work. So it seems to me that the different parts that are strung together in this Navua may reflect sh- sh- different ships in the public mood. Maybe there are times that things look like they're getting better. And then the Navi says, oh, you know, things are going to be good. And then other times things look like the, the, the public ships away. And then he says it's going to be bad. One thing is clear over here. He's talking about blessed be the person that has to be talking. Cursed be the person that doesn't have to be talking. Asheyif to ba'adam, besam basar zroo, omen Hashem yasar libo. You had people that turned away from God. Not for other idols, but for Kochi Yodi. That's what you see over here. I'll read it again. This is the thing there. Or Hashem, Asher Yiftach, Or Gever, Cursed be the person, Asher Yiftach Ba'adam, Vesom Basar Zroel, Umen Hashem Yosilibon. So in other words, he's relying on Adam. He's relying, right, on, on, on the human abilities. So, it could be that when the kingdom was prospering, as it did for a time under Yoshio, people misinterpreted it and they started getting arrogant. And he's saying, that's a bad idea. You better put your 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 your, your trust in Hashem. And so forth. And the heart is very crooked over here. Meaning, I see this generation I'm in is all messed up. Right? Um, because... The way it goes, and we know this, is King Yoshio sort of enforced the frumkite on everybody, got rid of the idols and stuff, made him start, you know, keeping uh, the mitzvahs. But only Bifarhesio, inside their hearts and inside their houses, they didn't do that, which is a pretty bad situation. And therefore, he's blasting the heart, because that's where the rebellion is. You're, you, you understand? That's where Publicly, the guy was Shemr Shabbos. Publicly, the guy wasn't worshiping idols because the king was enforcing it. But as soon as that's gone, 
And Borcha gave a gift to Hashem, Hashem Miftacho, but then he says, But the heart is a bad thing. And he goes on to say, You can't fool Hashem. I, God, can see what people are really thinking, and therefore you can't fool me. So it's pretty clear to me that there's a certain hypocrisy that was going on at this time. Which revealed itself the minute Yoshua was killed in battle, and everybody immediately dropped all the from stuff because they never meant it in the first place. And uh, what can I say? The, the, the prophet is 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 uh, sick with this, and he says, "Cure me, O Lord." Which sounds like he's sick. If a person begs to be cured, what is he sick of? He's sick with disgust. Yemiel, as we all know, does not want to be a Navi. Hashem said you're going to be a Navi anyway, doesn't matter what you want. That's the famous beginning of the book of Jeremiah. He's got to call out people and say all these things all the time. And what shall I say? It doesn't make you popular. Right? It doesn't make you popular. And he goes on, even later on, in this parsha. and I tell you, the problem is we only take a, a, a snippet because that's how they organized the Haftarahs, to leave out the bad stuff. Okay? And he goes on to, to in this parish, if I can use that term, to uh, stigmatize Chil Shabbos, which is very interesting. You don't find often, but you do find sometimes, specific mitzvahs from the Tariyang mitzvahs, other than the Zorah, that are called out. But we certainly do over here. Not in our Haftarah, though. Uh, and notice... It doesn't really talk in the Tochacha about, um, doesn't talk about, how should I put it, Chil um, Shabbos, Taras Mishpacha violations, Kashos violations, you know, that sort of thing. It talks about other things. Something like that, in a very broad way. Here, but again, our Haftarah stops before we get into it. That's why I don't like that fact. But that's the way the Chazal did it. Uh, here, he blasts the Shabbos stuff. Okay? Uh, because he says, Stop carrying things and selling them in the gates of Jerusalem. And stop carrying. So apparently, carrying was like a big deal. People were violating right and left. And stop doing work. People don't listen. They won't listen. Right? And he goes on to say that if you do this, it'll be great. If you don't do this, it'll be bad. If you keep Shabbos, kings from all over the world will come and, and, and honor you. And so the part that we read is. Like I say, fragmented. It's not fragmented, it's torn out of context. That's a better way of putting it. And the reason, as I said before, is because you want to start Hashem Uzi Muzi Biyam The God is my fortress, so that's a nice way to start. Even though the next Pasik says, Hayasam Elohim, why would people make gods, you know, that, that aren't gods? And again, he wants to end up refraining Hashem and because he doesn't want to go and say later on, you're all going to die. Which is what it, you know, what it, what it says later on. Okay, 
Yevosha rode five valley. Yevosha ani chato hemo avlim yom raw mishnah shibar and shveirim. All this, all this negative stuff. So this haftorah is one of the more complex ones to sink your teeth in. And if anybody is interested in getting serious about it, in my opinion, you have no choice but to read the whole of Tessain, Parsha Tessain, excuse me, Perak Tessain in, uh, in Yermia, and the whole Perak Yudzain. Even there, it'll be a little bit, what shall I say, uh, confusing. And uh, you have to read it more than once. I don't think the regular Mepharshim will do the trick over here. And I'll tell you the truth. You know, there's the Shalag, and then there's the Frum uh, counterpart to Shalag, what they call the Das Mikra. And the Das Mikra doesn't do too much over here. I just looked at it a minute ago. doesn't do too much over here. Uh, so I think it, it, it might be better just to sit there and blab swear, as they say. Uh, now, I could be wrong. Maybe somebody's listening now has a better inter- interpretation than I just offered. I doubt it, though. Uh, you know, I, I doubt it's, it's, it's Sometimes you find in a VM this kind of erbuvious confusion. Uh, and then I guess you simply take each pasuk on its own. But uh, if I'm sounding over here a little frustrated, test sign and good sign are kind of frustrating for a person trying to get a handle on it. At least, at least that's my opinion. Uh, but it's not surprising because it's supposed to be, in some fashion or other, a counterpart to the tochacha, which is kind of a downer and not an upper. Uh, anyway, that's the point I wanted to make. Once again, I want to uh, wish you all bounds that the Neshama is the great-grandfather, Shabbat Aliyah, I wish you all a good Shabbat. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.